Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know, because that was me, before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Hello there, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Health Mystery Solved, Thyroid and Hashimoto's Revealed. While helping people with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism for almost 20 years now in my private practice and my Thyroid Mystery Solved virtual program, I have seen all types of ailments, fatigue, weight gain, brain fog, these things always show up. But along with that, there are very often hair issues hair loss from shedding or thinning, and then there's also hair that's dry and brittle and breaks easily. Hair issues affect so many people, it can bring with it a ton of stress and frustration. Today, I want to talk about the top reasons for hair loss and other health issues, and of course, what you can do about it. While there are many underlying causes for hair loss, as someone who specializes in thyroid, I see more issues with thyroid than many others. And I know when thyroid is off, It affects everything in the body. And for this reason, hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's is at the top of my list. Hypothyroidism is when you don't have enough thyroid hormone. And Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease where your immune system actually gets confused and attacks your thyroid by accident, thinking your thyroid is not your friend. And because of Hashimoto's, the thyroid actually gets damaged over time and essentially destroyed, and it becomes hypo or slow. While of course not everyone with hypothyroidism has Hashimoto's, it's very, very common if you have hypothyroidism that you also have Hashimoto's because believe it or not, Hashimoto's is the main cause of hypothyroidism. About 90% of people with hypothyroidism actually have hypothyroidism because of the Hashimoto's destroying their thyroid, which is why it's so important that we look and address both of them. So when you don't have enough thyroid hormone from hypothyroidism, that's going to affect everything in the body from our head to our toe. Of course, our energy and metabolism are biggies, but there's a huge connection with thyroid hormone and hair. You need enough thyroid hormone to properly have your hair follicle work and grow hair and then maintain the hair that you have and also maintain moisture in your hair, but also your skin and other areas of the body. The other thing is that your thyroid affects what goes on in the gut. And you may have heard that what goes on in the gut really controls everything, which is true, partly at least. I think thyroid controls a lot of stuff too, as does the nervous system, but the gut is really such an essential part. And so when you don't have enough thyroid hormone, you can have more constipation because it slows down transit time. You may have issues with digesting food, and that's a problem because if you don't digest well, You're not going to extract all the amazing nutrients, even if you're eating really healthy foods. And then, of course, if you're not extracting those nutrients, you won't be absorbing them and you need all of those nutrients for your hair. The other big thing is leaky gut. This is something that's talked about so much in a lot of the functional medicine circles, but I think more mainstream these days as well. Now, leaky gut is when your intestinal lining is permeable. And there's many different protocols out there and ways that we can heal leaky gut. But here's the thing. Your thyroid actually controls the membranes in your body. 
there is a membrane that surrounds your gut. If you don't have enough thyroid hormone, you're not going to support that membrane and then hello, leaky gut. So you can do all of the leaky gut protocols, but when your thyroid is off, unfortunately, those things aren't going to work. And there's such a big thing with leaky gut and hair because when there's leaky gut, that means that certain foods, if not digested well, could be seeping into your bloodstream. They could be creating food sensitivities. Other things that don't belong could be coming in because of that permeability. So it's really important to support. And all of that goes back to thyroid and of course then back to the hair. So if you have hypothyroidism or you suspect hypothyroidism, you want to make sure you get a full thyroid panel. So that includes TSH, total T4, total T3, free T4, free T3, T3 uptake, reverse T3. And then very importantly, also thyroid antibodies so that if you're not sure if you have Hashimoto's, you would test the antibodies. And if they're positive, then that would tell us that there is Hashimoto's. So with that, if you also have Hashimoto's in addition to hypothyroidism, you want to support it with the twofold approach, which is that you want to support the thyroid specifically for you and your thyroid type. And then also at the same time, support the immune system. By calming the immune system, we can actually slow down or even stop the attack on the thyroid. So it's so important to do both. If you're not sure exactly how to do that, this is something that I teach in my free workshops. I have another one coming up this week, actually. You can sign up at thyroidmysterysolve.com slash August workshop. But it's really, really important to get the thyroid right, which is why I talk so much about this and I teach so much about this and I have these free workshops because it's really, really the key. And all of that goes back to hair. Once we have this right, we really, really start to see shifts in our hair. Now, in addition to this, there's other things we can look at if you're having hair loss, shedding, breaking, or thinning. Nutrient deficiencies are another big part that greatly affect hair. The three nutrients that I find are probably have the biggest effect to hair is iron, zinc, and B12. Now, of course, as we were just saying, this also goes back to thyroid because if your thyroid is off and you're not digesting or absorbing well, you could be deficient in them even if you are taking it. But if everything is okay and you are already supporting your thyroid for your thyroid type and you're supporting all of your Hashimoto's triggers in the way that I discuss in my free workshops, then it is important to look at your levels of iron, B12, and zinc. When I worked on Wall Street, my old boss always said, you better know your numbers. And it's so funny because that phrase really stayed with me. And of course, now 20 years later, I'm not on Wall Street anymore. Gosh, it feels like a lifetime ago. But I still use the phrase all the time. You got to know your numbers. And what I mean by that is you have to know your numbers of your levels of your labs, right? Your thyroid labs, but also your iron and zinc and B12. So to test your iron, I like doing a full iron panel. So that includes total iron. It also includes TIBC, which is binding capacity of iron and ferritin, which is the storage of iron. And then I also like to look at a CBC, which is a complete blood count, and that will show hemoglobin, which is another iron marker. When assessing iron, it's really important to look at all of those together because looking at only one on its own doesn't really give you a full picture. And if all of those four indicate that there's something going on, that it is important to help to support iron. One of my favorite iron supplements is the Ferrocal Iron from Designs for Health. 
It's very gentle. It doesn't really create constipation like some other iron supplements can. Along with that, it's also important that you are eating iron-rich foods and that you're digesting well and that you have enough hydrochloric acid so that you can extract the iron from the foods that you eat and help to process and digest the iron supplement as well. Now for B12, I like to look at B12 and blood, and then you can also look at a marker called methylmalonate and blood as well. If those markers are off, that signifies a B12 deficiency. And in those situations, I like using liquid B12. It absorbs better and it tends to work faster. My two favorites are the methyl B complex from Quicksilver Scientific and also the B12ND from Premier Research Labs. Now, what I like about the B12ND is that it actually has three of the natural B12 molecules. It has the adenosyl, the hydroxy, and the methylcobalamin. And I know, and especially in a lot of the functional medical circles, we may be taught, oh, methyl is always best, but that's not always the case. Methylated B vitamins are important, especially if you have the MTHFR gene mutation. However, methylated isn't always best depending on your methylation status. You can be a balanced methylator, an undermethylator, or an overmethylator. So if you're an overmethylator, it means that there's too many methyl groups. And if you're an undermethylator, there's not enough. So if you're someone who is an undermethylator, you would actually need more methyl donors like methyl B12 or methylfolate. But if you're an overmethylator, that's actually something that I am, and both my kids are as well, it doesn't mean you don't need any methyls, but you wouldn't need as much. And some of these other forms of natural B12, like the hydroxy or the adenosyl, can also be really helpful. And I'm not talking about, of course, taking synthetic B12, but the natural B12s do come in different forms and it's not all about methyls, it's about getting them balanced. So that's one of my big reasons that I really like that B12 in D because it has all three of those. And, you know, with methylation, of course, it's a complex topic, but it's something that I actually also include in my virtual thyroid mystery solve program, because when it comes to thyroid, it's really about looking at thyroid from every angle, which is why we talk about all of those things. The other nutrient that's very important for thyroid is zinc. And zinc deficiency is a lot more common than people realize. Now, when it comes to zinc, there's a few ways to test it. I personally like testing zinc both for myself, my family, and all of my clients and those that are in my program through hair. I find that it gives us a really good, accurate level of what's going on, specifically in the tissues, not just in the blood. A hair test is simple to do. It's fairly inexpensive. It's even something you can order on your own. I'll post a link in the show notes to where you could get your own test. And then when the test comes back, it takes about two weeks or so you can very clearly see if your zinc is normal, too low, or too high. It's not very common that I see it high. It's usually low. And if zinc is low, then it is something that's important to replete to make sure you have enough. One of my favorite zinc supplements is the reacted zinc from Orthomolecular. It has 50 milligrams of zinc. It's a tiny little capsule. And I find that for me especially, it doesn't create the nausea that some other zinc supplements do. Though either way, whenever you take zinc, you do want to take it with food because for some people, it could still make them nauseous. So you want to make sure you take it with a big meal. Now, the next reason for hair issues is stress. So this has to do with what your adrenals are doing 
And if your adrenals are taxed and overproducing cortisol, then that could be a big issue for hair. It can cause something called telogen effluvium, which is where the hair follicles aren't functioning properly and are creating hair loss. In general, the more stress we're under, and of course, stress could be emotional or physical, but the more stress we're under, the more it's going to affect the hair. So for this, we really want to look at things from all angles. So from a cortisol perspective, biochemically, I like to use things that can help lower that biochemically while we work on a lot of the mind, body, and lifestyle things. One of my favorite supplements for lowering cortisol is phosphatidylserine. I use the PS150 from Designs for Health, and I think that it just works so well. And in addition to overall lowering cortisol and helping hair, this is something that also can help you if you're someone that wakes up between 2 and 4 a.m. If you wake up around that time at night, it's usually stress-related and overall can help you feel calmer and sleep better. Now, with that, of course, lifestyle changes are big. So mindfulness, meditation. I'm also a big fan of acupuncture. I think that acupuncture has such a wonderful effect on the body and really can be extremely calming. I also like hypnosis. With hypnosis, it's almost like meditation that has a goal or purpose. This is something my teacher, Grace Smith, says. Um, If you missed that episode, by the way, I interviewed her in episode number 139 and 140, where we talked all about hypnosis and how that is really meditation with a purpose. Really, really helps to calm the body and also get to the bottom of some underlying beliefs or other things that could be going on in your subconscious. But stress is really so big. And I know that I talk about this a lot on the show, and obviously I'm not the first or the last to talk about it, but it's something that I just want to make sure you're not forgetting. It's so, so important. And it doesn't mean you have to change your whole life, right? I mean, there's certain things that may not be able to be changed right now. Maybe a stressful job or something that's going on in your family or something that's financial. But think about the things that you can change, right? What are the little things that you can do? What are ways that you can reframe that? What are ways that you can even just say things differently to yourself in your head? Because remember, your body hears everything your brain is thinking. So even if you just shift your thoughts a little bit, that will help stress. So it doesn't mean it has to be this huge overhaul. Anything you can do is going to help the stress, which is going to help your hair. Reason number four for hair issues are hormonal shifts, especially ones that happen in perimenopause and menopause. So as our hormones drop, a lot of things get affected. When estrogen drops, people often notice brain fog, weight gain, more joint pain, and along with that, hair thinning, hair loss, or just a change in texture of your hair. I hear this all the time. Now, the thing is, the drop in estrogen is natural, and it's going to start happening in our early 40s and then go on through our 40s until estrogen drops completely, usually in the late 40s or early 50s. Now, what's also interesting is that when we think about Hashimoto's, because Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease, your immune system actually becomes more sensitive when you're going through a hormone shift. And when the immune system is more sensitive, it might be more hypervigilant. So that's why in perimenopause or menopause is when people tend to have more Hashimoto's flare-ups 
and more hypothyroidism. So if you're someone who has Hashimoto's and you're going through menopause, it's almost like a double whammy. Obviously, of course, I'm not here to scare you. I'm just to tell you that this can happen. So we just have to be extra vigilant and use more support. Now, when it comes to hormones, there are many different supplements that can help to balance estrogen. And then there's also bioidentical hormones. Of course, it's a very personal choice when it comes to if you're going to replenish hormones or not. But I find that there's a lot of misinformation and really not enough education about hormone replacement. There's some flawed studies that were done back in the 90s saying that hormones may be a problem. A lot of those studies actually have been debunked and refuted. And I actually did two episodes with Jim Hernstern, who is a compounding pharmacist and has been doing this for almost 40 years. He's one of the leading authorities on bioidentical hormones. That was episode 96 and also episode 110. So if you missed those, listen to those episodes. And again, I'm certainly not saying that everyone should do bioidentical hormones, but what I'm saying is that there's a lot of misinformation when it comes to hormones. I just want you to know what's real and what's going on. So if you missed those episodes, definitely check out episode 96 and 110, and it'll give you a lot of information about all of the different things you can do if you're a perimenopause or going through menopause or already in menopause, because there are ways to support hormones, even if you are already in menopause. I will also be doing another episode in the coming weeks with my friend and colleague, Emily Sadri, where we're going to be talking about physiological restoration or estrogen restoration, which is bioidentical hormones, but used slightly differently with some really, really, really neat effects. So I'm really excited to stay tuned for that episode. And then my number five reason for hair issues is PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. So that is typically characterized with high testosterone, but it also can come with high estrogen. It has a lot of relationship to blood sugar. And so oftentimes when someone has PCOS, it's not just the high hormones, but it's high blood sugar or blood sugar that dysregulated that can lead to this. So balancing your hormones is really important, but balancing your blood sugar is just as important, even more important perhaps. And so of course, eating a balanced diet is really, really helpful with PCOS. Avoiding dairy is another big thing with PCOS because there's a connection with dairy and blood sugar and some of the symptoms that come with PCOS. And then one of my favorite supplements for PCOS is Sensitol by Designs for Health. This is something that helps with balancing blood sugar, but also helps with balancing hormones. So looking at what's going on internally and biochemically is very, very important when we're dealing with hair loss and hair issues. But we also want to be mindful of what we are doing topically. Now, do you color your hair? Chemicals and hair dyes can affect the follicle, not to mention leach into your body. Plus, I don't know if you know this, but I recently learned that the peroxide and hair dye can actually accelerate the graying of your hair. My goodness, right? I know. Now, I actually did two episodes on hair dyes and autoimmunity, and I discussed a natural hair dye that I've been using with really good results, and that was in episode 121 and episode 142. So please be sure to check those out because I talk about all of the issues with hair dyes and how it can affect you both from the hair perspective, but internally as well. Now, if you have dry hair like I do, 
hair oiling could be really beneficial for you. This is something that really changed the game for me. And what's nice about hair oiling is that you put the oil on your hair when it's dry, and then you shampoo after, an hour later, or you can even leave it on overnight. So if your hair is dry, it's going to be more prone to breakage. I remember there was a point where my hair wouldn't go past my shoulders. And it's not that it wasn't growing. It was growing. It was just so dry and brittle that it would literally break off. And that's why it never got longer than my shoulders. This is before I really understood and balanced my thyroid issue, which was about 20 years ago. But even with that, I think I'm just still prone to drier hair. And some of us are. So if that's the case with you, look at natural oils and use it for hair oiling. You just have to be careful to make sure the oils are pure and natural. You don't want to use synthetic oils and nothing with synthetic fragrances and also nothing with silicones. A lot of these oils out there, and I see them on the market, they say for hair oiling, but then I look and they have dimethicone and other silicones. And what happens with silicones is they do make your hair look really shiny, but silicones are like liquid glass. So they sort of like seal the hair and it don't allow the hair to breathe. And so that's why I like just the natural oil, like jojoba oil or amla oil or argan oil. And they make a lot of different oil blends as well that you can use for hair oiling. It's really, really helpful. When you're choosing shampoos and conditioners, be mindful of those ingredients as well. So synthetic fragrances often will have phthalates in them. A lot of these shampoos and conditioners will have silicones as well. So they make your hair look good, but they're not actually good for your hair. So choosing more natural shampoos that promote hair growth is helpful. I personally use the Grow Out Shampoo by Bella Genza, which has a really nice scent. It's got a little bit of peppermint, so you almost feel that little tingle on your scalp, and it works really well. There's also topical serums that can help with hair growth. Ones that contain oils like rosemary or basil is really good. A formula that I personally use is the regrowth formula from Hairprint, and I find that to be really helpful. I usually apply it overnight, the day before I know I'm going to wash my hair, or even for an hour or two right before I know I'm going to wash my hair and let it sit on my scalp. And it also has just a little tingle, has a really nice scent, and it really helps to rejuvenate the hair follicles, and I do see less shedding after using that. Additionally, whenever we're struggling with any issues, it's also very helpful to see our outcome, that happy end result, what we want instead of always talking about or thinking about what we don't want. What we think takes over our energy and that energy really has an effect on our body. You know, that saying, which I mentioned earlier, the body hears everything the brain is thinking. It really, really is true. So see yourself with full hair, thick hair, luscious hair, right? See yourself with the hair that maybe you had before that you want to have as you embark on this journey to balance your thyroid and to look at nutrient deficiencies and to address stress and balance your hormones. The more you focus on what it is that you do want, the easier it's going to become to balance all of the things that you're working on. And of course, if you need any help or support, please don't hesitate to reach out. My team and I are always here to help at completenutritionandwellness.com. The answers are out there and there really is hope. If you know someone that's struggling with hair issues, please share this episode with them and be sure that you're subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time 
and health mystery solved, thyroid, and Hashimoto's revealed. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.